Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life in Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about VidFriends Podcast, you can visit us at www.vidfriends.org. You can also give me a call at 844-374-3639, extension 4. I can also reach via email at lllpodcasts.org at gmail.com. Friends podcasts are sponsored by My Better LIGO Team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So on today's show, I have Reagan Young. So welcome, Reagan. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. So before we get started, Reagan, I want you to officially introduce yourself to our listeners and then we'll dig into our conversation. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Reagan Young. I'm a Beaumont, Texas native. Um, I recently graduated from Sam Houston State. Go Bearcats! (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm currently uh, trying to study to get into medical school to become a practicing physician. I'm also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And now now I'm a general member. Uh, I plan on continuing my service for a lifetime, definitely. Um, and not only through the sorority, but uh, to everybody anywhere, uh, whether it's with the sorority or by myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm also a member of Phi Beta Sigma. So, you know, I don't throw that around too much. I did have a podcast recently with my frat brothers, uh, my line brothers, because there were some things that they didn't know about my vitiligo journey that I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was eye-opening just to hear brothers share stuff that I didn't know about them, you know, so it's always great to have those um, open conversations. So I want to go ahead and start because like I tell all of my guests, I want to honor their time and my time and our listeners time, but we're going to get started with this conversation. So to our listeners, you have vitiligo and yours is universal, correct? Yes, it is. It's very, very (laughs) different from what uh, people see nowadays. Now people probably like just guess okay that's the white girl <laughs> right right yeah so like whenever I'm around my family it kind of throws people off <laughs> absolutely um when did you start when did your your vitiligo develop and start and what were your thoughts about it so I was really young whenever it started that was going into my uh sixth grade year so middle school so that was around like the age of 10 um at first we were just kind of like oh it was gonna go away no, it started uh, spreading to my joints and everything. And it was kind of traumatic. I started wearing long sleeves and that's kind of hard to do in Texas. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, long sleeves and pants. Um, and at first I was kind of okay with it, but then school started. And I mean, kids can be cruel. Um, and that started to play into how I felt about myself and my mental health as well and my grades. Right, right. Hey, you know, that's some of the things we don't think about. Um, in particular, you know, when you develop your vitiligo, how you change your lifestyle to adapt, regardless of whether it's hot, cold, or whatever you're going to do, we try to hide. You know, we don't want people to see that change. Yours started when you were younger, much younger. Mine started as an adult after I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. But yet, the same kind of story. I wanted to hide. I didn't want people to see it. 
because I want people, and, and I'm sure you may have felt the same way. You want them to remember you or, or acknowledge you how you look. And, mm. um, and, and it's kind of, it is devastating for a lot of us. It plays a lot on our, I guess, uh, you say our mental capacity when you start to see yourself change and a change that you can't control. Um, in your beginning stages of your process of watching your skin change, did you seek any treatment or anything as such? Um, yes, I definitely did. I went to multiple dermatologists. Like, could you imagine taking a child to so many doctor's offices? Oh my gosh. Um, it was like multiple uh, doctor's office. Uh, we went from Houston all the way to Galveston, um, all over basically, trying to figure out different treatments. I, you can see behind me, I don't, uh, it's a light box we ended up buying. I, okay, okay, yeah. I see it. So that's what that is. Um, don't use it anymore. Um, but uh, my mom used to pull me out of school so I could go use the doctor's light box. But eventually it came wow. down to, it was interfering with my academics. And so we broke down and bought a light box. I was also taking protopic uh, and different um, uh, creams and stuff like that. I was also taking supplements and a... Uh, placebo pill. Okay. Wow. You know, let's talk about dermatologists. Um, I can't even talk right now, but I'm gonna leave this in the podcast. Um, Dermatologists Mm -hmm. experience, um, experiences, because I didn't have a good experience at all. Like my dermatologist, he didn't even, he walked in the room, sat down across from me, didn't really speak. Mm -hmm. He just kind of did, walked out, came back in, had a prescription, had a pamphlet. It sent me on my way. It was no dialogue, nothing. And I just kind of felt like, wow, like (laughs) what just happened? What was your experience like? My experience was similar to yours, um, which is actually why um, that was when I decided, okay, I want to be a doctor. I don't want any patients to feel like that. Just like the way you explained how you felt, that's how I uh, felt as a child. I was scared. I was in this monochrome room. And then eventually, like all the doctors were like how you said, but then I went to around, um, I want to say Kingwood, and there was uh, this lady, and she was just like, she was the representation for me. She came in, had a conversation with me, and was just trying to make like a connection. It wasn't so, oh, you have ventiligo. Yes. Right. That we know we have been like, oh, now we've been seen about six doctors so far. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. And she was just like uh, trying to educate me as a child, relate to me and relate to my family the best way that she could. And that just like that really made me feel a little bit better about my situation. Right. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I, I did get a second opinion. I went to another doctor. We had Kaiser here at one time, uh, which mm-hmm. I wish they would have stayed, but he left the, left the state. Um, and that doctor, Kaiser, he came in and, mm-hmm. you know, he saw my skin. He said, um, okay, he said, look, I'll be right back. And he was a Q-dog. It was kind of funny. Um, he went back, got the information, and he gave me the scientific name, which mm-hmm. I already knew what vitiligo was, but I never heard the scientific name. And when he gave it to me, I'm looking like, oh, man, what is this? He said, no, no, brother, you have vitiligo. I'm sure you already know that. So, yeah, he said, um, and we got to the topic of 
uh, Greek life because he saw, I have a brand, he saw my brand and we started talking and he said, um, how's your self-esteem? Mm. At that time, I was okay. Um, it was spreading, but it wasn't spreading a lot. Um, I, and most of my vitiligo is very visible on my hands, feet, and legs. Um, mm. Other areas of the body, but not a lot of my face except for around my mouth. Um, but, but that was his question, you know, how's your self-esteem? He said, because with vitiligo, it can change your self-esteem in a heartbeat. Yes, it can. And, yeah, and at that time, I was good. A couple of years later, I wasn't, <laughs> you know. And, and part of it was the fact that I could look at the mirror, watch my skin change. It was nothing I can do about it. The cream that I first uh, used didn't do anything for me. I actually think it it made it accelerate, you know, but it, it didn't do anything for me. And I was offered the light box. I was offered uh, later uh, a laser treatment. I said, no, I, I don't want any of that stuff, you know. Um, and in particular with the light box, there's a gentleman here in Raleigh. He's used one. He told me some of the challenges and how it interfered with his life as well. And, but I know as people, we need something, you know, we, we feel I, I need something to help me get through this. So let's talk and, and we'll get to your college years and everything, but at what stage in life did you really just accept, you know, this is my bit of LIGO and this is who I am? Um, really and truly, I still haven't accepted it. Right. If, if that sounds like a good answer for you. Um, this is your journey, you know? <laughs> it's just like, sometimes, like some days I do have those days where I'm like, man, but then I'm like, okay, that's a part of who I am. Like it, it right. is what it is now. Um, right. and it makes me unique. Um, I, I was unique brown, I'm unique white. <laughs> right. I was unique spotted. Um, it really just, um, it really just depends on how I'm feeling. It's still like a mental uh, battle that I go through every day. But right. it's, Absolutely. it's really me deciding what kind of day am I going to have. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said that because a lot of us have that same struggle. And I'll just say, no matter how confident we are, we have those moments where we go, uh-uh, I can't do it today. Um, all right, today I wore shorts to work. And that that was part of my, okay, we have meetings all day. We have a workshop. We don't have to dress up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear my shorts and I'm going to be proud about it. Yesterday wasn't like that. Yesterday I was like, uh-uh, I'm wearing my jeans. I'm going to cover up. So I have my days where... I'm extremely confident and I have my days where I'm like, no, I'm in my shell mm -hmm. and I don't want people to see my vitiligo, but I have to live. I have to, I can't just stay in the house, you know? Um, and I know people that do, mm -hmm. and I can't, I can't fault them because I understand it. I, I get it. Um, but what I really want us as a community is to encourage people to come out and step outside that comfort zone, but don't do it alone. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your support system. Um, family, friends, let's talk a little bit about how was that for you? So like growing up, um, I grew up in a big family. Um, I have a whole bunch of cousins, a whole bunch of aunts and uncles. Um, at first they were, my family liked to joke. 
My, like right. very much like my family is that family like if you come around don't take it personal don't take it right. personal don't get your feelings hurt but I had to learn that growing up my uncle would be like have you counted your spots and I would just get so emotional <laughs> right. he was like are you sure Michael Jackson's not your dad I was like oh my gosh it was just like bad joke on top of bad joke right. you're telling that to a kid but um, I really have to say, my family, they go hard for me, regardless of, like, if it's somebody they know or not, as right. well as a couple of mentors that I gained along the way, and a couple of sorors and friends. Um, I really do appreciate them, because actually, whenever you were talking about, like, how you were at work, recently, we had Texas Greek Picnic. So I was deciding on what I was going to wear. I was just like, man, I really want to wear some pants or something that I could cover up so I don't get sunburned. And then right. as well as I don't like the way I look right now this weekend. Right. And my friend was like, girl, come on, just wear your stuff that you already had planned out and you'll be okay. Um, and then it's just whenever I, it's really hard for me to go around us as African-Americans because sometimes right. I feel like I don't fit in or it's hard for me to go around other people of other ethnicities because then they're trying to figure out why she talks like this. Right. What, like, what are you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't, I tr it gives me anxiety. Right. That makes right. any sense. Cause I'm like, I don't fit in over here. I don't fit over there. But the people who know me, that's where I feel my most comfortable is. And right. it takes a while for me to warm up to people. So it's just like, you just have to know me. One of my right. uh, mentors, she was just like, I was at her shop uh, last week. And the makeup artist that works with her, she's like, oh my gosh, Riken's coming out of her shell. No, she's just getting more comfortable with y'all. She's been right. this way, but she's getting more comfortable. Uh, it really just takes a lot for me to trust people now because as a kid, I was really like, I thought I had friends, but then those friends would turn around and join in right. on making fun. And then I felt like at one point I couldn't trust the adults in my life as well because they would just brush it off to the side. Be like, right. oh, you need to get over it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and that's easy to say. I've heard that before, too. You know, just it's just your skin, you know, or it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy for somebody to say that if they're not living with it, if they're not yeah. the ones going through it. And, you know, I've had people say, well, yours is not that bad. And I'm, I'm going, I'm not looking at how much or how little or whatever I have. I said, I still have this condition. Or as we, if we want to be medically correct, the, a disease, you know. And to this day, I don't know if I lose more pigmentation. It's doing its own thing, you know. I've repigmented on one arm, lost more pigmentation on the other. I got more spots. And I'm looking at a spot, and the next day that spot is gone. Yeah. So it's the unknown, and people that don't have vitiligo don't understand that, you know. Yeah. And talking to doctors, they don't understand it. Researchers, they don't understand it. Nobody understands it. And we're trying to figure out, as you said, navigating this life. And for those who are universal, 
And for our listeners, if you don't know what that means, she is completely depigmented. Maybe a couple, as we call them, freckles here and there. Um, you kind of try to figure out where do you fit in, you know? Because yes. um, as Black people, we can be very cruel at times toward pe- towards people that we assume are pretending to fit in with us, not knowing your history, if somebody doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. And then you don't fit in with, although your skin may look white, you're not, you know? Yes. And and I've had a conversation with the gentleman before, and he said, "Well, I used to be black, but now I'm white." Mm-hmm. And and I what I said to him, I said, "I understand where you're coming from, but vitiligo doesn't take away your culture or your heritage." I said, "It may change the way you look and what and the way others see you." I said, "But when you look at yourself, not on the outside, but in the inside, who are you?" And okay. I just kind of left it at that. But I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. I I had a kid recently, and I, I'm going to dig into another question in a minute. He, I was at the skating rink. I, I work with um, kids over the summer, and I teach during the school year. And this kid asked me if I was mixed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mixed? And I'm trying to figure out where is he coming from. And I've gotten that before, yeah. too. Well, for him, it was different because he said, you have black skin and you have white skin, so mm-hmm. are you mixed? I'm like, oh no, I have vitiligo. And he did, I tried to explain it to him, but I knew he didn't understand it. But in his world, he thought mixed meant having two different skin tones. And I'm like, no, no. But I I kept thinking to myself, if this child thinks like this, I'm sure there are adults out there, whether we realize it or not, that think like that also. And as much as a community that we think people are aware and informed, they're not. And we still have to educate people about our condition, what it is, what it isn't. I'm glad you actually said that. I teach as well as a way of me giving back to the community uh, substitute. I don't have okay. a certification, but okay. um, I, ran education. Into, yeah, I ran into something like that last year. Um, my class was like, because they noticed my freckles was coming back. That's how I, um, that's how I gauge my happiness. If I, if my color is coming back. My right. stress levels are down. But um, my kids is like, Miss Young, the other Miss Young in the library is your mom, right? I said, yes. They were like, so your dad is white? No. So I showed them uh, a picture of my dad, and they were like, oh, so you're not mixed, Miss Young? We thought you were mixed. Right. I said, no. I had a room full of uh, Black kids, and I said, babies, um, Black comes in different colors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, y'all know those colors that we have on the board? Uh, we have like the little different colors of brown. And they were like, oh, yeah. And then they were like, just trying to connect the pieces. And this is second grade. Right. And I was just like, we're not teaching our kids that black comes in different colors or right. white comes in different colors as well. It's not right. just black. It's not just the black community. Right. There's we, shades. Yeah, yeah, they're shades. And so, uh, like, when you said um, the guy that was, I'm white, I was black, but now I'm white. I had a friend tell me, too, before. She was like, you don't really get the black experience. You can't say you have the black experience. I was like, I had to think for a moment. I was like, <laughs> right, what? <laughs> what experience do I get? Yeah. Well, see, people gauge it on color. Mm-hmm. 
and not how we grew up, not our families, not not the the values that were taught and the culture of whether it's music or the arts, you know. So I, I think sometimes that we can be so clueless as people that we say, I, I, I shouldn't call it ignorance, but a little knowledge is power. And I feel like if we take the time to learn, and it's simple as, okay, if I if I see you or somebody else in the vitiligo community, and I want to know, wow, I wonder what's wrong with that person. If I go to my phone and open up Google and type in white patches on the skin, first thing that pops up is vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking knowledge is right there, but we have to want to know. We have to want to learn. And, um, and as a community, we have to get that empowerment somewhere, somewhere within ourselves to teach somebody. And that could be hard, you know, um, to explain what vitiligo is. And especially if you get a look from someone who clearly does not get it or understand it, uh, it can take you back a little bit. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your college years. Um, what was that experience like? And then joining a sorority and let's share, you know, about those who embrace you and were there any challenges too once you joined? Um, so going into my college years, I was more pigmented. Um, the only thing was my face was universal with a couple of freckles. Everything else was kind of brown, uh, brownish, especially my arms. It kind of looked like I was wearing sleeves on my arms a little bit. Um, so going into, um, I really didn't pay any attention um, because I had started learning to ignore it. Um, just starting to give myself a little bit of like, okay, you're going to a new situation. Um, I had to start learning how to adjust because middle school, I had to end up switching schools um, due to all the bullying and my mental health, which was me learning how to adjust and um, going into high school as well. So it was just like me taking what I learned from those uh, opportunities and challenges and then applying them to going into college. So going into college, um, I just was like, okay, this is the first time that I have free range. I came from a, a, not I don't want to say sheltered household, but my parents did right by me. Uh, It was just like a new beginning. Um, I really didn't, uh, I kind of explained to everybody every time I met somebody, look, I have been a LIGO, this is the breakdown. (laughs) Um, I kind of do that occasionally from time to time, just so I can avoid, um, like questions or whatever. Um, but academically, uh, it didn't affect me. It was just me learning how to navigate through college waters because I kind of view college as a bigger high school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, it really didn't, um, my interactions with people, um, I would try to be as outgoing as I could be. I participated in Miss Black and Gold my freshman year. I was one of the two freshmen uh, on Miss Black and Gold. Um, I joined BSA. I joined almost all the Black student orgs on campus, as well as like, um, Shamus, which is our medically oriented uh, group on campus. Uh, 
Bearcats for history. I was just trying to do it all. Um, right. Realized you can't do it all. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it all. You got to break it down. You got to have some rest somewhere. Um, Vitiligo, I really don't think it did uh, affect me. But uh, I did eventually joining uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha on my campus. Um, I did run into some things with some sorority sisters. Um, my link, she did ask me, she was just like, they would always ask me, are you mixed? Like you said, right, right. Link and some other sorority sisters, I'm like, y'all, I'm just as black as y'all. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't like, uh, because they would be like, oh, Reagan, you re really have nice hair. And I was like, thank you. I just keep it up real good. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there's different hair uh, textures in the Black community. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't like, sometimes I would just kind of feel a little bit like, dang, how many times I have to tell y'all? <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not the white girl on the line. <laughs> but um, I did run into that uh, joining. And then going to conferences and stuff, I did have sorors that came up to me and asked me, and then some at homecoming as well. And I was just like, I'm not mixed. Yeah. I, uh, my last homecoming, I did have a couple of sorors that were like, so what are you mixed with? I said, I'm black mixed with black, very nicely. <laughs> I love you. And she was just like, no, but uh, really, what are you mixed with? I was like, my parents are standing over there. <laughs> That's what I'm mixed with. I don't right. know. But uh, yeah. Um, but it's always, once I explain to uh, my sorority members, uh, like, what it is, it's never like a negative reaction. It's right. just like, you do have to educate people. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't. I would never pass up a chance to educate somebody on something that I know because I think knowledge is power. Because now you look around, ventiligo is becoming more and more common. Right. It, yeah. Well, it's, it's more noticeable. I, I think for one, uh, if I go back to like the 1990s, it has always been here. We just didn't mm -hmm. have enough information about it. Um, and it wasn't a lot of exposure on in media for vitiligo. Now, one of the things I, I personally, and, and people in our community may know that about me, I feel now that these companies are starting to use us. Yes. Um, I understand we want to see vitiligo representation, but I feel also we're starting to become exploited because we stand out so much and I they know if they use us in the campaign. People are going to see it. They're going to look. They're curious. And then they'll go to that website, to Nike or whatever company. Just to but see. I, right. But like there's no kind of. I feel right. like. But there's no information about vitiligo. So I, I'm really trying to push for, as a community, that if we're going to be involved in these companies, that they put some type of information out about vitiligo. Not, not just Winnie Harlow, because mm -hmm. I, I saw an article. They talked so much about Winnie. I'm like, let's talk about the average person who's not involved in Hollywood in any form or fashion. Share some information about vitiligo. You could do a QR code and that gives information about what our condition is, what it isn't. It's not contagious and there's no cure, but there's treatments, you know, all this stuff. Um, but I think 
I, and I hope it's not a phase. I, I just say that because I, I feel like we are making some strides in mm -hmm. the media sense. Um, but I hope it's not a phase that goes away because, you know, this world, they'll catch on to something. And then the following year is done. We don't want to deal with that anymore. Yeah. And I don't want us to become that. We don't want to deal with y'all anymore. We Y'all had your shine. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, 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 no. I, I, I was thinking real quick. Um, I, I, sorry, I got off on um, off track on that part. Um, but talking about fraternity brothers and, mm -hmm. and engaging, like you talk about with your sorrows, um, I did have an experience, and I talked about it on one of the other podcasts where I had a, a one of the young guys. I and he, he was gripping everybody up, but he got to me and looked at my hands, and I don't think he was comfortable at all because it was the weakest. Just eh, I don't want to touch you. And you can tell when somebody doesn't want to be bothered with you or touch you, and it did. At that time, I was very confident, mm -hmm. but in that moment. It messed me up for a minute and i left campus i was just like you know what i don't come back on the campus and go home and or ride around the town and do what i want to do but i said you know what? i can't let somebody else's uh, lack of understanding of what my condition is determine what i'm going to do with my life and uh and that's that's the way i feel when i interact with others in our community you know we have to make the choice on what we're going to do with life with our lives and you know, whether we're going to socially get engaged or we're going to sit at home because of how somebody else thinks or feel, you know, it, it's hard enough for us to manage to what we think to feel. And then we start thinking about other people. Yes. Um, if you, I don't know how it is in your area. Are you the only one you run into a vitiligo or are there other people like just in your normal everyday interaction? So in my uh, normal everyday, I have a very uh, good friend. She's a beautician who's in my mentor's uh, shop area. And uh, I met her before I actually met my mentor. I met my mentor when I first met her. Uh, she was doing my hair for a football game and because uh, I used to dance in high school. And uh, like, it just made me feel better to see somebody else like me. And then right. I also ran into another gentleman at Texas Creek Picnic. And I was like, hey. hey. <laughs> he's Family. Like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, hey. It feels good to see others like me. Because right. it, it boosts my confidence in a way. Um, because, like I said, sometimes I could be in my head. You really don't know what other people are thinking. Because right. I could be, I could look happiest as I could be in, Absolutely. I could be in my head because I'm the type of person, I hate to say this, but I, I do care what people think, which right. is my weakness. And I care about others a lot, right. a lot. And I hope that overthinking kills me every time, but Absolutely. it's just, it's something that I'm dealing with. It's something that I'm learning from. Like I, um, I said um, on my social media, I'm on my new journey. Right, right. I'm Absolutely. learning how to put myself before others. I'm learning to stop caring about what others think. Not all the way, not completely. Right, right. But yeah, it just feels it, good to see other people too, because that absolutely. adds on to what I'm doing for myself. Right. And it's all a journey. And, uh, and I say that it doesn't matter how old you are or what stage in life you are with your vitiligo, it's all a journey. Because no matter 
how confident I am today. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Mm -hmm. Even once tomorrow hits, I could be good from eight to 12 and go out for lunch. And next thing you know, somebody sees something or look at me wrong. And I'm thinking, now my confidence is shot. But then I have to think to myself, you know, Mark, come on, come on, come on, get yourself together, you know. So it's a process that's ongoing for a lot of us. And I even say for a lot of us that you see on social media, say Facebook, Instagram, everybody's good on social media when you could post a picture and, you know, you smile and pose or say something nice on a video. But some of us, after we close off that, that camera or we shut our computers down, we're still dealing, mm-hmm. you know, we just try to show, put forth our best foot and that's okay. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that, Hey, I'm still struggling or no, I just need a little boost today. Mm-hmm. Now, have you been to any of the conferences? World of like day conferences. No, I haven't actually, but I've been to, uh, one of the meetings for the Houston area with Miss Diane with Miss yes. Diane. That was that was the boost that I needed while I was Absolutely. in college. Um, I got to meet a lot of great women uh, over there. I was just like that inspired me to keep going because right. I was just like I like it's like a magnet. I'm getting drawn in to right. the good energy that's going on, and it was it was good to hear the other women's stories. It was. It was really what I did need during college. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and what I've been trying to do is push to get more men to speak up and speak mm-hmm. out. It is hard for our brothers. Like there's a good brother in Dallas, uh, Grover. He's there. He spends a lot of time with Diane and the group there. Um, but it's still hard to find men. We have been like, oh, we're there mm-hmm. on social media, we're on the Facebook pages. But when it comes to, let's say we had a video meeting and we're not showing up or like even here in North Carolina, we do live events. I can tell you right now, there's going to be at least four men that will show up mm-hmm. and we might have 60 people. And and I'm like, we got to get our brothers to, to step out of our comfort zone. Um, I saw a gentleman a couple of weeks ago. He was at a restaurant. I was at a restaurant eating. And I happened to look up. And I saw him looking at me, he had a bit of like him on his face. And, you know, we did the the old man head nod, you know. I acknowledge you. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I was, I was kind of hoping that before he left, we had a chance to talk. Uh-huh. But when he got up to leave, he immediately turned his head the other direction. So I was like, he's not ready to talk. I said, and that's cool because he could be in his happy space, you know, with his life and not want to have that discussion. Because mm-hmm. um, it can... It can we got to be careful because it can bring you back. It can bring you back to a dark place, especially if you're feeling good about yourself. And, you know, we just got to be careful how we talk to people or how we address people. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ever get a chance to go, go to World Vitiligo Day, um, mm-hmm. well, one of the conferences, it, to me, it re-energized my whole spirit. Um, I've never been around so many people at Vitiligo Nobody was judging anybody. It was just, hey, it's you, it's whoever you are. We're having fun. We laugh. The doctors were there sharing information. The doctors hung out with us. They partied with us. Um, it was it was just such a great occasion. Now, next year is going to be in Atlanta. Uh-huh. So 
Yeah, so keep that in mind too. And other people are welcome. So um, it was in Houston at one time. I think the first one was in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think that was the year that I met Miss D- Miss Diane. It was okay. In, I think that was quite some time ago, and she yes. asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, I think I have school. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I but definitely did want to go. If you ever get an opportunity to go, it it will be life changing. Mm-hmm. But if you ever went, you know, go with your 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 family, bring friends, it would change their life because mm-hmm. what what they would see is people. Yeah. They won't see vitiligo. They'll see people. And and that's what I oft, often want others to know. We're human beings. We're just like everybody else. We have the same fears. We have the same happiness. We have the same faith. We have the same, but everything is everybody else. Same desires in the world. You know, if you drop the million dollars on the floor right now, we're all going to scramble to pick it up. Pick it up. Nobody's going to think, oh, you got vitiligo. No. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I often say, you know, we're people first. Yes, our skin looks different. It makes us stand out in so many different ways. And I often refer to our skin as magical. Mm-hmm. And I say that, I say, you know, anything that's magical, either A, you're going to embrace it. You know, we hear people, oh, Harry Potter is magical world, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to fear it because you don't understand it. And part of our job or our role as people with vitiligo is to educate others so they can learn to embrace it. And and we can't make them love it, but that's up to us to love our skin and love who we are, you know? So if you ran into someone, say, just out and about that had vitiligo and and they stopped to have a conversation with you, what is something that you would say to them just to, especially if you recognize, oh, that, that brother's sister's not quite there yet. What is something mm-hmm. you would say to them just to get them to smile or, or just to look at themselves differently? I used to be that person that wasn't in that space. I used to hate it when my mom be like, hey, they have been like, I like you. And she would make them stop yeah. and make me talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and so like at that, I see them like how, what would I wanted to hear? What would I wanted to hear? I would want to say you're I know it's kind of like you don't really want to hear it you look beautiful but you look you look beautiful you're perfectly fine embrace what you have going on because you it's gonna it's gonna rock your world not gonna lie Yeah. yeah but embrace it use that as a tool to get to where you want to go right not as in like um i don't want to say use it as a tool but it's definitely going to open some doors for you mm-hmm. um uh trying to word it in a good in a better way than just flat out i don't know it, well I, i'm gonna help you embrace it because yeah. it, you know when people see that you're confident in yourself, they're going to look at your confidence. They're not going to look at your skin. They they may see it. They may mm-hmm. say, oh, that person's skin looks different. Whatever. But if they see your confidence, you're walking tall and you're speaking up and not looking down and, and, and especially, you know, showing them your intelligence and all that, they, they don't, at that point, that person's looking at who you are as an individual in the inside. They're not looking at your skin. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like the same thing. If if I was brown again, 
And if I enter a room for an interview, a party, I'm not gonna enter a room feeling, I would hate for somebody to enter a room and kill the vibe. Right, right, right. Or we're on a, uh, I always say you could be the dumbest person in the room, but if you have a good conversation with somebody, I mean, that's that's all that really matters. I mean, not right. like dumb, dumb, but. <laughs> no, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but um, really what the conversation is right. and how you give off your vibes to people. But yeah. Right. And, and the thing is, there's somebody out there we will always connect with. Mm-hmm. And there's some people we're not going to connect with. And, and that's just the reality of being human beings on this planet. But when you connect with somebody, allow them to see the best you. You know, um, because people want to see you laugh, they want to see you smile, they want to see you be happy. And I understand, you know, hey, we we have this condition that it is it's like taking dice and you shuffle it and roll it. Okay, I feel this way today. We get it, we understand that. But yeah. when we're out around people, we don't want to be the ones that bring, like you said, bring the vibe down. We want to keep it up. We want people to say, you know what, I, I like, I don't know who that person is over there but something about them stands out besides our skin let me get Mm -hmm. to know that person let me get to know who you are as an individual and i think that's a big part of our awareness and education you know when we talk to people you know you tell them hey i'm reagan you know Mm -hmm. and this is what i do and blah 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 you know you tell them all the accolades that come with you then later on you might say i have a condition called vitiligo yeah, because you are you first. Vitiligo is secondary. Just to be honest, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like how you asked me for my bio. It's just like, uh, I guess I could talk about my vitiligo, but that's not my whole life. Absolutely, it's not my whole life. Um, like I could say, I went through uh, dark thoughts as a child. Like a a right. child shouldn't have dark thoughts due to their skin color or whatnot. Or I went through this because of my vitiligo and I'm still sad. But the truth is, I'm not sad. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I may be from time to time, but I mean, that's not who I am. Like Absolutely. I was reading uh, my bio for medical school for my uh, college to look at. And I was talking through stuff with my dad. And he was like, yeah, that's not your whole life. That, is your life over because you have vitiligo? Right. Is it over? No, you did so many other things. You were a part of this. You were a part of that. You're doing this for yourself. Um, it's not over. That's that's another thing I would probably tell somebody. It's not over. It's not the over. Monkey, one monkey don't stop the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, a lot of us, <laughs> that, that's such an old phrase. <laughs> I, I got that's, an old flow. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. Um, but it's one of those things that we as a community have to encourage each other when we run into that brother or sister where they're old and young and they feel like the world is over now because they have vitiligo we have to encourage them to know the world is not over it doesn't stop um your life does not stop because you have this condition it is not it it's life um altering but Mm -hmm. it's not life-threatening it becomes life-threatening when we start 
becoming depressed and dealing with anxiety and we don't get any help for it. That's when it becomes a problem. Because I used to think the worst. I was like, nobody's going to want me in the room with them. People are right. going to think I'm contagious. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going right. to do this. It was, it was just like, as a child, that was what running through my thoughts. And I talked with some other people. They were like, yeah, I used to think the worst of myself. Yeah. And I, like, I was like, would you say that now? Would you say that now? Right. No, not at all. You know, that's interesting. All right. So sometimes I do have relationship discussions on the podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I often say to our community, because we do have a lot of members that think that way. No one's ever going to love me. No one's going to want to um, date me or no one's going to marry me. But I'm thinking you have to love yourself first. Yes. that That's where it starts first. And other people are going to pay attention to how you treat yourself, how you love yourself, how you carry yourself. And they are going to decide from there how they're going to love you or like you, you know, mm-hmm. but if you are, if you are, let me see, basking in the shadows and in all your fears, that's going to drive people away. Mm-hmm. Or if they, if they're interested in you, they might be interested in getting you some help, but you want somebody to love who you are as a person on the inside. That's what matters. Cause even if that other person is, is a 10, that 10 doesn't last always, you know, we get older we get wrinkles and people change and, you know, it's, it's life. But if you want somebody to love you, you have to start with you. And, and, and I think from there, that's half the battle. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, So, so I was going to ask you, Reagan, um, because we're getting close to the end. Um, As I always say, I honor people's time and my time because I I do have more work to do after we hang up from here. I'm always working. People that know me, I'm all, I'm always, if I'm not podcasting, I'm working. If I'm not working my regular job, I'm working a uh, contract job. So keeps me busy, um, but also keeps me focused and keeps me active. But um, as we get to the end of our show, can you leave our listeners, whether they have vitiligo or not, with some words of encouragement, anything you want to share? I would say, take that time to yourself take care of yourself because really and truly that's all you have in the end regardless of what you look like as long as you feeling good about yourself and your body is telling you okay we're on the go because trust me your body will shut down and tell you I can't go no more you need to take care of yourself um, improve your relationship with yourself because like you said that's the most important thing yourself take care of yourself and i would have to say i would have to get a little bit religious talk to the man up above whoever he may be to you um that's what helped me get myself together because whenever i start having those shaky feelings i take care of myself and i talk to him absolutely (laughs) and he knows exactly what we need in this world and Mm -hmm. who we need and he'll put the right people in our lives and remove the wrong people Absolutely. So Reagan, I appreciate this conversation and thank you for taking the time to come on the show. For the people listening, thank you for tuning in and listening. And regardless of where you're at in the world, thank you for listening. So for everybody, I thank you for listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton for Raleigh, North Carolina. 
So remember to love someone, love your friends, your family, even your enemies. But most of all, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. You'll take care. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Bit Friends Podcast can be heard on Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and on Facebook. Bit Friends Podcasts are sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. <laughs>